0: Hey, everybody. What you are about to listen to is an episode of Am I Dying? Here at Offscript, we've taken the Am I Dying show, put a twist on it, and created the new Is It Serious podcast with Dr. Mark Lewis and Dr. Jean-Luc
1: Neptune. Think of it this way. The Am I Dying docs discuss lots of symptoms,
0: while the Is It Serious docs answer lots of questions. And all of the episodes are here on this feed for your listening pleasure. For new episodes, don't forget to subscribe, and thanks for listening.
2: You want to introduce us, Chris?
1: Yeah, I'm still at the friggin' office. Like, torture. All right, let me just pull up your notes.
2: I can't catch anything in my apartment from you in the office, can I?
1: I don't know. I think it's possible. I do have a really good mic. I think that the virus could pass right through.
2: Anyway, do you want to introduce
1: us? Yeah, okay. Uh, We're rolling, right? From Offscript Media, this is Am I Dying? A conversational podcast about your symptoms and what to do next. I'm Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. We're doctors who just happen to be close friends, and we're ready to answer the vital question, should you chill out or freak out? So today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think has affected pretty much everybody listening to this podcast. It certainly has been an issue for me in my life, and that is insomnia and just difficulty
2: sleeping. Yes, that's pretty common. I think one in three people have it at some time during the year, and actually as you get older... I think over 65-year-olds, uh, one in two people uh, actually suffer from insomnia. Now, it's interesting
1: because, you know, as a doctor, I think I have sort of trained myself to fall asleep almost on command, and most <laughs> of the time that works. And, and right, like, when you're on call, you kind of have to, right? Like, if you're a doctor who has to take call you're never going to sleep if you're not able to kind of wind up and wind down very quickly. You know, sleeping in the hospital, getting called, waking up, dealing with some catastrophe, and then being able to go right back to sleep after is a very important skill for a doctor.
2: I'm always worried that I'm not going to wake up when there's a call. Like, you know, okay. sometimes you, you sort of wake up, you answer the call, you know, you give some advice, and then you wonder, what, what did I just say? And then you don't remember at the text. <laughs> Should I not admit to that? Anyway, let's hope this podcast is useful to people, the content, and they just don't just listening to us solves their
1: insomnia so like you know as a doctor I'm, i'm usually able to go to sleep pretty much on command but sometimes i just can't fall asleep and sometimes i'm just laying there in bed staring at the ceiling the hours tick by and it's like 1, 1.30 in the morning before I finally fall asleep, even though I've been trying for hours.
2: They tell you not to look at the clock because if you look at the clock and then you see what time it is, and then you look at the clock and it's like 20 minutes later and you're still up, then you start to get anxious that it's now 20 minutes later. Maybe we should start off by defining what insomnia actually is. Please do. Okay, so the actual definition of insomnia is impaired daytime functioning that results from uh, either you can't fall asleep Either you can't stay asleep or either you wake up early in the morning and you can't fall back to sleep. So again, it's it's the combination of not being able to fall asleep or stay asleep or if you wake up too early and you can't fall back to sleep. With impaired daytime functioning, in other words, you can't actually get through your day the way you want to.
1: So those people who, you know, just only need three or four hours of sleep per night and then they wake up and they're like day trading for 14 hours straight. (laughs) Running in a marathon. Assuming they're not using any substances to help them with that. They are not insomniacs. They're just uh, people who don't need much sleep.
2: No, no, no. Mark, so it actually has to impair you.
1: Why why do we even sleep? I mean, with all the science and technology that's out there, can we not get rid of sleep because if you did, you'd basically in- increase the lifespan by 30%.
2: I think nobody knows why evolutionarily we have to sleep. I once heard that like We sleep during the night because then predators can't catch us. Like they can't see us running around and attack us.
1: Doesn't that make us just easier prey? We're completely (laughs) unconscious laying on the ground. I feel like I'd be harder to catch if I were awake sitting in a tree.
2: (laughs) No, but actually, um, you know, there are people think there's restorative functioning in your body and memories can form if you sleep during sleep. So, you know. The problem is, if you do actually have insomnia, you know, it could actually be very dangerous, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a truck driver, let's say, and you're not sleeping at night and then you're dozing off during the day, that can be obviously catastrophic.
2: You know, people who don't sleep well are more likely to have depression. I mean, there's a lot of other problems they have. They can't concentrate, they can't get through their day. So sleeping is really, really important.
1: Increases your blood pressure too. It can accelerate disease, Uh, lead to worse health outcomes, uh, worse
2: heart disease and so forth. So yeah, it's definitely a problem. So let's talk about how much are you supposed to sleep each night? I think most people, they think it's between seven to nine hours. I mean, I know I need 10, you know, I'm just not myself.
1: Do you get 10 hours of sleep per night? No,
2: no, 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 no. But I really, I really do need eight. I mean, you know, I see all like, you know, we're both cardiologists. Didn't you have like other people you knew who like only needed five hours and it was so much easier for them to get through training?
1: Yeah, totally. And it really annoyed me because I feel like. What uh, do you need? If I'm getting less than six hours of sleep, I'm feeling really lousy, but I like to get eight hours in a night.
2: Yeah, I need eight or I'm feeling lousy.
1: But which is just crazy to think about. One third of my life, I am lying down unconscious.
2: I'm suspecting another third of your life, you're just watching TV and playing video games.
1: If only.
2: Which is actually less productive. At least when you sleep, you're restoring your body functions.
1: (laughs) But just think about that—that there's a third of your life uh, you're asleep. So well, that's what they always
2: say when you're buying a mattress. So like, you know, you shouldn't like—you should buy the best mattress for you that you could afford because, like, a third of your life you're going to be using that mattress.
1: Exactly. That's why I, I never. Never shortchange myself when it comes to mattresses or my iPhone because I'm on it all the time, literally, in in the case of the mattress. Uh, I I should probably spend the money and and get something good. Anyway, enough enough about me. Let's talk about uh, some of the major reasons that people are not sleeping, and there's a lot.
2: Do we need to get into the REM sleep stuff, or is that going to bore people and put them to sleep?
1: so REM is a great band uh, from the 90s <laughs> and losing my religion is one of their their best songs but I think REM sleep is what you're talking about
2: yeah so there's like they used to think there were five stages of sleep but it turns out there's now four because they combine two stages but anyway the first Three stages are non REM sleep. And then the fourth stage is REM sleep, where it's called rapid eye movement sleep. That's where they think most of your dreams happen, right?
1: And your eyes are just flitting around under your eyelids. And I think your muscles are really paralyzed, right? You can't. Yes, which is good because if you're having a vivid dream, you don't want your muscles to be activated because you're going to start flailing around
2: in your bed and hit somebody if they're next to you.
1: But I think some of the, well, this is getting a little off topic, but I think that some of the parasomnias, like the sleep disorders, i.e. things that happen that aren't supposed to happen while you're sleeping involve release of the muscle inhibition. So you can dream and and be walking around or doing stuff or driving a car uh, while you're sleeping. And that's where some people can get into real trouble.
2: Sorry, you just put me to sleep. What was that? (laughs) Let's talk about things people could try to do to solve their insomnia. Because there's a lot of stuff that we could actually try on our own, we could do to see if it helps, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think that, as always, a major issue is sleep hygiene. And by that- That doesn't mean taking a shower before you go to bed, right? No, although that's never a bad idea because honestly, a warm bath or shower can really help, uh, help you unwind. Uh, but no, this is just talking about sort of the act of getting ready for bed and what the sleep environment is like and, and all that. Getting on a schedule is
2: important. Yeah, so to see, but back to the sleep hygiene. It turns out I think most people sleep better, they say at like 68 to 70 degrees. So if your room is too hot or your pillow's uncomfortable or you don't have a good comforter that's uh, or that makes you too warm or too cold. I mean, all that stuff can affect your sleep.
1: Yeah, we do 68 every night in the Kelly household with the fan on.
2: Mm. Actually, it's another thing. Some people actually, they could hear other sounds, especially if you live in a city. Sometimes putting a fan on actually, what is it, masks all the other sounds, and you concentrate on the fan. So I think that's know, half the benefit, honestly,
1: is just the acoustics of the fan.
2: I agree. So definitely try to get it at 68 degrees or so. And make
1: sure it's dark. Uh, like People have all these things, uh, you know, streetlights outside, or they'll have uh, devices lighting up in their room. It's supposed to be really dark. And uh, if it's not, then it's not going to work for you.
2: Why don't we get to that with the devices? Besides the devices binging or pinging, what is, what's the word? Ping, ping, bing? Bong. No, when you're linked you're you're texting, you know you get texts. So th- all that stuff that your phone and computer can do can wake you up. One. And what about the blue light? Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I guess there's some indication that the. Blue light coming from screens can stimulate your pineal gland, which is this sort of deep-seated part of your brain that helps release melatonin and regulates your sleep-wake cycle. And that if you eliminate the blue light later in the day, then you won't stimulate the pineal gland. And that's why smartphones have this setting now where as the day goes on and it gets later, they'll stop emitting blue light, and you see this like yellowish tint on your screen. Uh, And they also sell lenses, glasses that filter out blue light. Yeah, I mean, some people say that it's helpful. I've never tried it, honestly, and I don't like using that setting on my phone because everything starts looking yellowish. But if you're having problems sleeping, it might be something worth trying. That's true.
2: And, you know, another reason why people don't fall asleep at night is caffeine. So, you know, first of all, like, You know, if you drink coffee, tea, any diet, caffeinated sodas, you know, or even chocolate, some, you know, a lot of stuff has caffeine in it. My rule of thumb is not to drink anything with caffeine after 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. Because it stays in your system.
1: Yeah. And it can really uh, linger for a while and punish you. And and some people really uh, have to be careful with caffeine because some people are much more sensitive to it than others. The other thing is that decaf is not un it's just you know less calf so even yeah. if you drink decaf later in the day there is some caffeine in that
2: and it's going to keep you up yeah i mean most times if you have a night that you can't sleep sometimes you think back to what you ate and drank you know during the day but you know why we're on the subject of like beverages what about alcohol
1: yeah alcohol is not good uh, my understanding is that and, and my personal experience would align with this that alcohol will help you fall asleep definitely right away You'll, you'll be much more tired, but then you wake up early uh, because the alcohol is being metabolized through your system, and your body kind of rebounds from the alcohol yeah. and actually gets amped up a little bit. And totally. so you wake up early and kind of like – when it happens to me, I'm usually able to fall asleep again, but I don't like that Most feeling. Most people can't. And a lot of people can't.
2: Yeah, so it's like the Saturday night. You have the day off the next day, so you like drink more. You're so excited, and then next thing you know, you can sleep to like 9, 10, 11 on Sunday, and you wake up at six thirty in the morning, and you can't fall back to sleep. It's torture.
1: Yeah, torture. Um, let's take a quick break uh, before all of our listeners fall asleep, because their <laughs> insomnia, and we will come right back and talk about uh, some other common causes of insomnia and what you can do about it. Stick with us.
0: Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress, and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. All
1: right, we're back. We are talking about insomnia. In the first half of the show, we talked about some of the most common causes and uh, we're going to just keep going.
2: Uh, Yeah, so let's just review the common causes or things you could do. Well, one, make sure your bedroom environment is as comfortable as possible. You know, actually, they always teach you in medical school, if if your patients can't sleep, you should let them know that the bedroom really should just be for two things, sleeping and sex. In other words, don't watch TV in your bedroom, you know, don't answer your work, calls in your bedroom because then sometimes you could associate your bedroom with like other stresses in life, which is part of the reason why people don't fall asleep. They're fretting, right?
1: Although I have the urge to fall asleep at my desk all the time and I do a lot of work <laughs> and being there.
2: So. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people that fall asleep at work, but then when they go into their bedroom at night, they can't fall asleep probably because they're worried. They keep thinking, what if someone catches me at work?
1: so that's important don't have caffeine too late in the day obviously alcohol watch out for because it's a double-edged sword when it comes to sleep and, and you know make sure you're careful with your devices to turn them face down silence them so they're not binging and lighting up all night as you're trying to fall asleep stimulating you unnecessarily don't doom scroll on twitter like i often do you know thinking about all the awful things that are happening around the world just put it away uh, and you know give it a rest until the morning
2: The other thing is you also have to realize if you don't feel well-rested, maybe it's because you're waking up too much at night for other things. In other words, if you drink too much even water before you go to bed, a lot of times you might get up one or two or three times at night to pee. So that's disrupted sleep. That's why people who are older than 65 have insomnia a lot of times. One, maybe they have muscle pain or joint pain or the normal pain people get when they're getting older so they're not sleeping comfortably or it wakes them up. Two, because their bladders and especially men as they get older, their prostate's getting bigger. They might have to get up a few times to pee. And so they really have interrupted sleep.
1: So if you're a guy, especially, and you're waking up multiple times in the night to pee, especially also if you're kind of dribbling your pee, feel like you can't empty your bladder fully, that's like one of the sure signs that your prostate has gotten big and it's kind of choking off the tube between your bladder and your penis. And so uh, that's something you should talk to your doctor about because it's it's usually pretty easy to fix. Uh, yeah, so if just, that
2: gets fixed, you might sleep better.
1: Yeah, so you won't be waking up.
2: You know, a lot of the medications we're on might interfere with our sleep cycle, don't you think? Like what? Well, steroids. So people who are on steroids like prednisone, you know, it could actually affect their sleep. Uh, a lot of people, depending on if you're on some of those anti-depression and uh, anti-anxiety medications like the SSRIs, Uh, can interfere with sleep. So some people, actually some of them make you sleepy and some of them actually make you sort of manicky and you can't sleep. Um, You know, some blood pressure medications can cause it. So uh, check out all your medication side effects and definitely don't stop them without speaking to a doctor, but maybe by switching some of the medications, you might actually sleep better.
1: A lot of it just has to do also with the time course of the issue, right? Like, did your sleep problem begin roughly around the time you started the medication? If you've been on something for years and all of a sudden you have a sleep problem, it's probably not the medication.
2: Yeah, it's not the medication.
1: So um, the other thing that I've been alluding to throughout, and I think I should just reiterate, is it's also important to keep a schedule, right? Like, if you're trying to go to sleep at a different time every single night, uh, that's just not how your body is meant to be um, try to keep a schedule throughout your whole evening, just your routine of like when you have dinner, you know, the things that you do in the evening and when you get in bed and when you try to go to sleep, I feel like that when I deviate from the schedule, that's when the sleep issues really happen. And when I can stick to it, uh, my body is just much more ready to continue with the routine, uh, ultimately including falling asleep.
2: Yeah, a lot of people get into a bad cycle, especially older people who are retired. They say that they take a few naps during the day, and then they can't sleep at night. And because they didn't sleep so well at night, they end up napping half the day.
1: Right, and then they're not tired. <laughs>
2: they're not tired, or they're tired, but they can't sleep. So what you tell people is try not to nap. Force yourself to stay up, and then just go to sleep.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. Napping is the enemy of good, uh, good night sleep, because you're basically reversing your day-night cycle.
2: So what should people do if they're having problems sleeping, and they've cut back on the caffeine, they don't drink too much fluid before they go to bed, they've checked their medications, and nothing's causing disrupted sleep, but they still can't sleep? What's the next step?
1: It's tough, right? I mean, people have this situation often, and there's no obvious solution for a lot of them. No, no. I think that you have to kind of get into why they're not sleeping, right? Is it because your mind is racing and your thoughts are just so active at night that you can't fall asleep? Is it because uh, you just don't feel tired and you know your mind isn't so active but you just can't quite get into sleep? Is it because you're being woken up constantly? Is it because you're falling asleep, but then, you know, waking up early? There's, there's so many different things.
2: And it's, it's not unreasonable to speak to your doctor about it. Maybe you have sleep apnea or need a sleep study. You know, maybe they could figure out what's going on with you. Um, you know, there's besides medications, there's something called CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is pretty new, but apparently has really good results. It's basically like going to a therapist and I think it's like six sessions. Is that, is that right? Six sessions or so? No idea. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's apparently one of the most effective ways to get people um, over their insomnia. The problem is most people don't even know how, how to get to these type of therapists. But if you look at all the studies doing cognitive behavioral therapy, a six session thing, sometimes even with medications, it actually really, you know, treats people pretty well.
1: And then there's, as you mentioned, the medications. Those can be good. Those can be helpful. But I think the problem is when you start using them long-term, that's when you can really get into trouble.
2: Yeah. You could become dependent on it, both physically and mentally.
1: Yeah. Those meds are really meant to be a bridge, uh, not a destination. And so if you're using them all the time, uh, then you've really got to chat with your doctor about it because wanna, you've got do to you find you want to go a through a few solution. of the
2: meds? I mean, let's start off with melatonin. Yes, no. Yeah. Melatonin, some
1: people say it's helpful. Uh, I think it's really been best studied when it comes to like time zone changes and shift yeah. changes, shift uh, and kind of just like trying to reset your brain. Some people also use it for sleep. And if it's effective for you, then go for it. It's very unlikely to be dangerous or habit forming.
2: No, but I, I don't know if any studies have ever really shown it made a difference. I mean, yeah, it could be a placebo effect. If it worked for you by all means. Yeah, I I think the the really good ones that are pretty useful for a lot of people are any things that contain Benadryl in it. Like all that stuff like, you know, Tylenol PM, Advil PM, NyQuil, they all have some, you know, a medication called Benadryl. It was a great treatment for people with bad allergies. The problem was it made people tired. So now you could actually use it to to get to sleep, but, you know, also, you know, people can be sort of become dependent on it, right? And uh, it can cause some side effects of like dry mouth and especially in older people, they might have, you know, they can get like delirium. Well, besides the delirium, you know, I mean, urinary retention, right?
1: Yeah. So I would be cautious with that for sure. And then, of course, there's uh, the real big guns, Ambien, Lunesta, Sonata, and all those. Uh, Those are really effective- Part of the problem though, is that uh, sometimes they're too effective. Uh, You can actually uh, oversleep on those. You can have what I mentioned earlier, parasomnias getting up in the middle of the night while you're sleeping. Um, doing things while you're sleeping.
2: Doesn't your, your wife use that excuse that she like go shopping online and yeah right? She, she, all these clothes come like a week later and she's like I, I don't remember it and you look at the receipt and it's like at three in the morning.
1: Thankfully, we can return things. <laughs> so those are those are great like for short term sleep issues and they're good for short term use but long term not so much. Got to no. be careful. So I hope this was a helpful review going through all the different kinds of insomnia, many of the treatments available. I think cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, as you mentioned, is really underutilized and really helpful. And, uh, you know, I hope people listening to this who have sleep problems uh, really make the effort to solve them because – poor quality sleep can really ruin your whole life and you really owe it to yourself to try to take care of it and get it get it solved.
2: If you need more help falling asleep, you could always pick up a copy of our book, Am I Dying? Could <laughs> you chill out or freak out, a complete guide to your symptoms and what to do next. Every time I turn to read some of it, I basically I'm out within like three minutes could you imagine if we become a bestseller just because they find it to be the best sleep guide i think you're selling us short
1: although i do occasionally start reading medical articles i can't fall asleep but they do the trick pretty quickly (laughs) well thanks for listening if you like the show be sure to subscribe leave a review follow us on social and tell all your friends to listen am i dying is a production of off script media our executive producer is matthew zachary andrew mcdowell is our senior producer Karen Lee is our production manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. Am I Dying is recorded, mixed, and edited by Ariel Nachman. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments and feedback. For more information,
2: visit offscript.com.